The Unity game engine is seeking more cash from a controversial new contract and maybe a different buyout. Plus, Brazil is showing us more details about Microsoft and Sony's business practices. Tonight is August 14th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. We're back. Episode 818. I don't know if that was like... I, I couldn't think of that was like a special number for anything, but uh, it, that's where we're at. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, episode 818 of uh, the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, thank you so much for being here and spending your Sunday night here with us. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, join us in chat, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments throughout the night. We will not be here in a couple weeks. Uh, the night before Labor Day, which I believe is September 4th, we will not be here. We will be at Dragon Con. And uh, I have seen my preliminary schedule. Uh, I am an attending professional at Dragon Con in Atlanta this year. Uh, I am not yet. It's still tentative, so I don't want to announce it yet. But I am doing stuff on the digital media track, and I am uh, going to be... Uh, moderating some panels in the video game track with some uh, big-name people, uh, voice actors, as well as game designers. Uh, So uh, I have that schedule. Uh, Next week, I will show you about that schedule uh, and and show you where I'm going to be. So if you are going to be at Dragon Con, uh, you can uh, come find me. Um, A lot of it's on Saturday, and I'm going to be doing a lot of running back and forth between two hotels that are on opposite corners from each other. So, uh, so yeah, so I will not be here then, but I'm going to be here this week and next week, and I believe even the week after. What is time? Uh, as Sheridan Matt says, Bobby and Rob going to be working. Yes, Rob Roberts from Orange Lounge Radio also going to be there. He's on more panels than I am and more tracks than I am, uh, hopefully. We don't, we don't want to jinx anything, and uh, obviously we're not going to uh, divulge a lot of that. But, uh, but yeah, we are, we are going to be working. We are working for our free badge. Let's just say that. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, so you can find us here at Twitch. But if this is a podcast, so if you can't be here on Sunday nights, I completely understand. We do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. And that is where uh, you can post topics throughout the week or give uh, responses to things uh, that uh, will be uh, that, that we've maybe talked about in the past. And I'll read it on the show. Uh, and I will say that I am finally, and this is a preview for something I'm going to talk about uh, either next week or the week after. I don't know. But finally, I am getting a new VR, AR, mixed reality headset. For the first time since I got the Valve Index when it came out uh, a couple years ago, I want to say 2019. For the first time, I will have a new headset. It's finally coming. Um but uh, I am getting the Tilt 5, which is uh, the Tilt 5 AR headset. It was a Kickstarter, so it was a Kickstarter that I backed. It was supposed to come out in 2020, 
that didn't happen. Uh, but this was uh, Jerry Ellsworth, who worked on the Valve headset before they went with HTC. Uh, and uh, she uh, she decided that she was going to make an AR headset specifically for playing board games over the internet. Uh, so it's, the idea is it's a multi, you you put the headset on you have a little game board and it puts an AR game on top of that board and you have a wand uh, to control the game board so it's not tracking your hands it's actually tracking a controller and you can play board games over the internet with somebody else that has this and it's it's like you're sitting around the actual table because you have the table and you can walk around the table you can look around and stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to have one of these headsets. Uh, It's coming Wednesday. It gets here Wednesday, Uh, which means I might, if you're at DragonCon, I might also have it with me at DragonCon. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying this headset. Uh, I am one of the last Kickstarter backers to get it. A lot of people got theirs two months ago. I was pretty late in the queue, so it's, it's, it's shipping now. And I'll be getting it on Wednesday. And I might have some stuff about it this weekend. It might take me an extra week. I'm going through some stuff. Uh, S. Matt says, uh, will it have googly eyes? Probably not because it's an AR headset. So it's not a VR headset. So it's augmented reality. So you still need to be able to see through it. It essentially puts holograms on your, uh, you know, with, with what you're doing. Uh, but you need to be able to see through it. So probably no googly eyes. Uh, unless I get like really tiny ones and they're kind of in the corners or something, but I can't, unlike a VR headset, I cannot block the front for this. Mike Depp says, so basically I have judgment, but not ahead of its time. Um, kind of like, this is more like the, the, uh, the hollow lens. It's more of a, uh, it, it's the same idea as the hollow lens, except it's, uh, it, this is more consumer friendly. It's more mass market. So, uh, and uh, some of the stuff that I'm going through, um, I am, uh, the reason why it might take a while to get through it is because I am uh, clearing out my old childhood home, and I found most of uh, the treasures there, but I found some more, and I I wanted to highlight one of the treasures I found um, in, like, the bottom of my old childhood closet that I had never cleared out in 40-something years, Um but uh, it was a book that I got, and it's a Scholastic book. So I obviously got this at the Scholastic Book Fair. Uh, and this is really interesting. So this is about, even though I, I know I say I'm 29, this was about 1984 is when this book came out. And it's called Micro Adventure. And it's an action-packed novel. Uh, and there, were, there was a series of 10 of these. And uh, this is book number three of 10. And what it is, it, so it, it's obviously a, a young adult novel. I had it in, so I, I'm obviously got it in uh, in elementary school. But its gimmick, its hook, was that it has seven exciting programs for your computer. And so what this actually has, it's a story. It's a, it's a young adult novel that y- you would, you know, you'd read a portion of it. And then suddenly... It would just have a basic program in it. And so you would see like the first basic program is a cipher. So in the in here, it actually gives you like an encoded message. And then it gives you a basic program that you typed into your microcomputer because that's what they called them in 1984. And you would have a program and then you would run the program and that would tell you what was going on. Because in this story, you because this is this is actually written as um, 
in, in uh, I think a second person. So it's like it's I think it's a second person. Yeah, this is actually written in second person. So not first person and third person, but it talks about your computer is signaling a message and stuff like that. Uh, so you would go through and you're a computer hacker. So you're actually like fi- writing the program to, you know, decrypt that message. And then you would go through and it, it talks about stuff. And, you know, then they would have and, and I thought that was neat. So like, OK, you're getting some signals. And then I go through and then later what it actually does. And this is the ingenious part of this is that you would get to like program number three, which is a vault lock, right? And so you would program this because you're trying to open the vault and you're a computer hacker, remember? So in the story, you hack in and you get the source code and then it tells you to type in the source code. And then you go in and you run the program and you realize that like it's going to take forever because like in the story, the vault opens at Monday at 8 a.m. and it's Saturday afternoon. And then it says, but you're a computer hacker. Modify the program, and it doesn't tell you exactly how to do it. Modify the computer program to make the vault lock open sooner. So you're actually learning things about programming because now you're editing the program to basically hack it. You're hacking into it. Uh, And then, like, program number four has a bug uh, in it. or What it is, it's like there's a... um, there's an air bomb that's going to detonate and you get access the the character in the novel gets access to the source code. So you find the, uh, there's a deactivation code, but nobody knows what it is, but you hacked into the source code. And so you can see the deactivation code. So it's uh, if you're looking on Twitch, it's on line 90 is the deactivation code and then, but it doesn't work. And so it wants you to then fix the bug to make the deactivation code work. And it's super simple stuff because this is for kids and stuff. So if people were watching on Twitch, you were probably like, and you know a little bit of basic, you're like, oh, I see why it's not working because line 90 has the bug in it. And so you would just change it to something else and then you would run it on your computer. And so this was like actually kind of neat to kind of go through. And I even pulled up like my uh, a Commodore 64 to type some of these in because I've got a C64 uh, it's not it's not an actual C64 right there. It's a, it's the uh, and it's not the mini. It's their maxi. So it was the the Commodore 64 that has like it, an HDMI output and you can put in a USB stick and stuff. But but it's got a full size keyboard. And I was typing some of these in because I was like, that's kind of cool. And then but what it also has in the back, because I remember when I said it doesn't really tell you how to do things. I lied because in the back, in in the in the in, in the appendix it uh, actually describes exactly what it's doing. So when it talks about the cipher, it tells you exactly what it's doing, how it's doing things, why it's doing things. And um, it's like a really neat way of learning basic. Uh, And I was fascinated by it. And I'm like, why do I only have one of the 10 books? I only have book number three out of 10. Uh, so no one specialist. So essentially, it's an edutainment programming teaching book. Yes, because it was, and it was a Scholastic book. So it's, you got it from the Scholastic Book Fair, um, as you can see uh, there. So yes, it's. I mean, it is an educational book that was phrased as a uh, a, a, as an adventure, a, a, an ad- adventure. And Zemlik uh, Eleven says, "So this book can teach me how to hack. I need a copy. It teaches you how to hack basic programs now." Uh, each of the basic programs in here are only like maybe like 20 to 30 lines long. So it's not that much. 
Uh, you can find these online um, because these were book fair. That you can find them probably at many used bookstores. Get them. Uh, somebody was actually translate uh, the first book of the series. I believe is actually on somebody's website where he even put an IBM emulator on the side, so you could type the IBM PC version of these in and you follow along the book. And so uh, it's a, it, it was actually kind of neat. Now the story's kind of lame. I mean, because it's a kid's book. Uh, so, so this one specifically, Micro Adventure number three, is the Million Dollar Gamble. And so, uh, if, for your eyes only, your code name is Orion, and enemy agents are trying to kidnap you. They plan to pull off the computer crime of the century, and you've broken into their system. As the computer whiz on the ACT, or the Adventure Connection Team, you're the only one who can stop them. You must use your micro to crack an uncrackable code. If it's uncrackable, you can't crack it. Uh, open a time lock vault before you suffocate inside and beat master computer criminals at their own game. Master, uh, Million Dollar Gamble is more than a great adventure story. It's danger, action, suspense, plus pro computer programs for you to run. This was like actually it, it was neat to go through. Uh, now, if the story didn't. Uh, suck so much or kind of be weird so much and also there's like really long bits where there's no story i would have considered and maybe i'll still do this i'm going to ask chat i would consider making a channel point reward in vogue where i do a dramatic reading of this and then i have my commodore 64 and we type in the programs together or i, I type the program and you watch and then we we go through and do this uh, story and um you know but, but the 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 thing is like it's not a good story so that's the only reason like if it was if it was a better story and maybe if there weren't as much time between programs um i i, I would have like done it outright but um yeah because uh i mean i do have a I've got my mixer and stuff, so I can do do voices, mechanical voices and stuff. Uh, Mike Def says, like, a special stream. Yeah, it'd be like a special stream done, like, on a weeknight or something uh, where I go through this and I have my Commodore 64 out, so you're actually watching me with my C64, uh, and we type in these programs. Um, and Tiger Hall says, it may not be a good story, but perhaps the way you read it will make it sound like a good one. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the soundboard and the voice effects would be would be all in 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 force uh and uh we may have some you know i'll have some music playing behind so it won't just be my voice uh so maybe maybe we'll do that i don't know everybody's like shut up and take my point uh points uh so i that may happen it may be a special stream here on vogue network uh where i do a dramatic reading of uh of a book that is not public domain so we could get dmca but i don't know i don't know if they, they do that or not so yeah, so that that's the adventure that I found, and uh, there is a part of me that wants to go buy the other nine books because I'm sure I could find them at used bookstores and stuff like that. Uh, but we'll see how this one goes. And Orajrite says, "How dare you read this long out of print book?" I know, right? So uh, let's talk about uh, the, some of the news that came out this week. People posted on our Discord saying that they wanted to see some of these news. Uh, to me to talk about some of these, and this first one. I kind of have a different take on this first story than a lot of people have. Uh, and um, it's about Unity Game Engine. And uh, so the Video Games Chronicle reports that game engine developer Unity has won a contract 
to assist the U.S. government with digital uh, simulation technology. The company announced on Tuesday that it has signed a multi-million dollar partnership with CACI Internation, uh, which is a company that provides the U.S. government with surveillance technology across several government branches. Uh, Unity said uh, Mark Witten, who's a senior vice president at uh, Unity on the company's earnings call on, on Tuesday, said, quote, through this relationship, Unity will help the government defining human interfa- uh, machine interfaces for aerospace applications and beyond, unquote. Uh, and he also continued, quote, these applications demand an interactive, robust user experience, very much like games, unquote. Uh, so this is uh, going to be Unity's single largest digital twin solution deal for Unity to date. That's all like financial talk and stuff. And according to Unity, we'll secure Unity's platforms for future systems design and simulation of programs across the U.S. government. A report by Vice published last year detailed that employees had spoken out against the company's previous work with the U.S. government. For not the first time, Unity's worked with the government. According to Vice, the company was struggling to explain why its employees who sudden, supposedly signed up to create tools that empower game makers are now directly or inadvertently developing technologies for militaries with the stated objectives of fighting wars. A recent report claimed that Unity had let go 4% of its workforce due to uh, worldwide due to challenging advertising conditions. So why they're doing this is they're getting an influx of cash for this. And uh, the stock is not doing too well. Unity is a publicly traded company, and that's it's been pretty well known that their stock is not working, not, not doing too well. So I have a different take on this only because the first six years of my professional career, I worked on defense contracts. Um, I, uh, worked, uh, technically I, I did not work on the actual aerospace part of it. I worked on the software that they used, uh, as a manufacturing database. And, uh, the, the term was product lifecycle management or PLM. And what I worked on was the system that was used underneath where you had the CAD drawers, that would draw, you know, and diagram everything on one side, it would then, they would go put it into this PLM system, send it over to the managers and the people that would approve things, and then it would go over to the people on the shop floor that would actually fabricate and put together whatever was going on. Uh, I primarily worked on defense contracts, even though I also worked with um, people, uh, a company that makes recliners that maybe... Uh, men are very lazy and are in, uh, if you catch my drift. Uh, but most of the time I worked on defense contracts. Uh, I technically worked on the Comanche helicopter before it was scrapped. And actually I had a lot more work after it was scrapped because all the stuff got declassified and all that had to happen. Um, and, uh, I worked on a nuclear power aircraft carrier, uh, which actually did come out if it is the USS George H.W. Bush. But I spent several years working on the manufacturing uh, database that went away, uh, went under, um, that that made that work. I never got to see either of those things. Uh, I was uh, a contractor, a civilian contractor, but I actually did have to have security clearance to work on the stuff. Uh, and I wasn't there the week that they actually let the contractors in our group go up on the, the, the tarmac of the aircraft carrier. So I missed actually going on the aircraft carrier. Uh, but, but I worked on defense contracts. And the software I was working on uh, inadvertently helped fight wars. And I had to be okay with that. 
because the software I was working on also helped other companies uh, make really comfy recliners. And it was the same software. I was just, I was customizing it and writing, you know, specific code for specific business processes. So that happens a lot more than you think. Um, And I understand that some employees, especially now, would be very wary of their stuff being used uh, as instruments of war. And that's totally valid. Um, But... It's it's unfortunately a uh, kind of a, a fact of the technology industry in the in the U.S. is that a lot of the most lucrative contracts are defense contracts, and I get that people are are, are upset about this, but it's not uh, it's not going to be the end of the world for Unity. If people are upset at Unity for doing this, realize that also I'm sure Unreal Engine is being used for stuff too, like this. Uh, when you get to be big enough and you're publicly traded, you're going to have to take uh, contracts on like this. Um, just about everything that you use has some kind of U.S. government contract. Um, and and you may not know about it, uh, but it's out there. There's a lot of government contracts out there that are being used, that are using platforms and technologies that you use in your everyday life. I mean, remember, the PlayStation 3 powered a lot of things with the army because it was the cheapest supercomputer you could get at the time. And then they got rid of the Linux, the other OS stuff, and that really messed up the uh, the, the military. And uh, Questbuster says, as a side note, Unity surprisingly is not profitable. They expect to be profitable either late or, uh, or next year in uh, their Q4, although they take in a lot of revenue. They're having problems with like advertising and their advertising stuff, which is why we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They were going to be buying a company called Iron Source, which uh, makes malware or made malware at one point. And even though they don't anymore, we all just remember them as the malware company. As Sheridan Matt says, defense contracts are commonplace in a lot of companies. Like what Bobby was saying, pretty much a lot of companies, you wouldn't have think of had a contract with, with a military at some point. Um, and even the, where I work now, we don't do defense contracts, but we have had government contracts. Uh, so we've worked with the government, even though it wasn't the actual, like the military side of things. Uh, wonder J says, I forgot the name of the company, but one, uh, uh, once time we did a VR one and now they're used for defense contracts for government, but forgot their names. Yeah. There's a lot of VR stuff that like, you know, because the, the civilian, uh, workforce has gotten farther in VR technology than the military has, uh, especially with the consumer devices that are cheaper now than whatever the military made back in the 90s and the 2000s, because the VR, uh, military has been doing VR stuff on their own for a long time. But once the consumer side ca- uh, got up, it was actually cheaper to contract out to civilian com- companies than trying to do it all in-house. So, uh, and uh, ZenMonkey11 says, the government has never used Unity, I assume. They're going to have some big issues. They still haven't fixed their universal render pipeline. Uh, the government's not using Unity. Unity's using Unity. And that's, that's the thing that may, might help with Unity is if Unity has to basically eat their own dog food, uh, which, is, which is the phrase that we use sometimes, uh, if they actually have to use their own tools, they may run into some of these same problems that, uh, you know, game makers are are, are, are are coming across and actually fix them because unity's biggest problem 
uh, is that they don't actually make their own games. They were going to one time, and they realized how hard it was to write a game in Unity and actually release it, that they curbed the project because it was a waste of money for them. Uh, so I think if they actually had to use their own tools, it will actually get better. But we're not done talking about Unity. Uh, McLovin, I'm not, I'm sorry, not McLovin, Applovin wants to uh, fix Unity without them buying a malware provider. Uh, so uh, McLovin, uh, they, they do advertising stuff, but uh, Reuters reports that gaming software company Applovin uh, made an offer on Tuesday to buy its peer Unity software in a $17.54 billion all-stock deal, threatening to derail Unity's announced plan to acquire Applovin's smaller competitor, Iron Source. Uh, so, um, who is Applovin? Applovin, uh, they, they do like marketing for mobile development, mobile games, mobile apps and stuff like that. So they're, they're a marketing platform. Uh, Applovin has offered $58.85 for each Unity share, which represents a premium of 18% to Unity's Monday's closing price. Unity will own 55% of the combined company's outstanding shares, representing about 49% of the voting rights. AppLovin hired advisors to work out an offer after Unity last month said it would buy Iron Source in a $4.4 billion all-stock transaction. Um, and uh, Unity's board will have to terminate the Iron Source deal if it wants to pursue a combination with AppLovin, according to the proposal. Uh, a lot of people were not happy with uh, Iron Source and Unity coming together. Uh, there was a lot of, of worry about like all the malware and that you know devices like Apple won't trust Unity anymore because Apple's already had to ban Iron Source stuff off of the App Store. So Apple Oven wants to come in, I guess, to, to make sure that that doesn't happen, that maybe Iron Source finally goes away. Under the proposed deal, Unity's chief executive, John Ricciatello, formerly of EA, will become CEO of the combined business, while Applove and Chief Executive Adam Farogi will take the role of Chief Operating Officer. Uh, Unity said that its board would evaluate the offer. The company reported $297 million in quarterly revenue on Tuesday, growing 9% year over year, while its operating loss widened. The stock slipped 2.68% after the market closed, so it did, the stockholders weren't very happy. Uh, Unity software has been used to build uh, stuff like Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty Mobile, and Pokemon Go. While AppLovin provides uh, things to, to allow developers to grow and monetize their apps. So the monetization side, which Unity's tried to do in house, hasn't really worked out for them. Maybe you know a company that's that's better suited for that will be able to help Unity go to the next level on that. Uh, AppLovin's offer came as game developers and console makers were at a slowdown in the sector. Uh, so this is a little talking about like uh, that uh, gamers are not playing as many games because you can go outside again. Uh, COVID-19 was great for the gaming industry financially, and now people are going outside again and uh, not playing games as much. So uh, Michael Pachter... We haven't said that name on this show in a while. Michael Pachner, who's, who's at Wedbrush Secu uh, Securities, he's an analyst, says, quote, The proposed price for Unity appears well below its intrinsic value, and we would expect Unity to reject it for that reason. We think interference with the Iron Source ac acquisition is problematic and will cause Unity's board to tread very carefully before agreeing to a sale outright, unquote. Uh, Fifth Dream says, Cause Can AppLovin change its name now before I have to hear anyone ever say it again? Applovin. 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 You're welcome. 
So uh, that may kill the Iron Source deal and make it uh, better to talk about, uh, better to use Unity again. So I don't have to throw away all that Unity knowledge that I had. So let's talk about uh, more business dealings. How about Microsoft? So Microsoft's trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Uh, Sony is not wanting it to happen. And unlike in the U.S., when you have to justify this in other markets, some of that information is uh, is is public knowledge. And Brazil is one of those. Uh, so uh, we're learning a little bit more about uh, some of the things that happen behind do- closed doors between Microsoft and Sony and some of the accusations that are being made uh, between one and another. And it's kind of interesting. And, and it's obviously, I'm sitting here going, of course Sony's doing this. But, you know, having it in writing is kind of interesting. So uh, The Verge reports that Microsoft has claimed that Sony plays for pays for blocking rights to stop developers from adding their content to Xbox Game Pass. The explosive claims are part of documents filled with, uh, filed with Brazil's National Comp- Competition Regulator as part of a review of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Microsoft said in August 9th filing to the Administrative Council for e- Economic Defense, uh, translated from Portuguese, quote, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services, unquote. Sony um, could be play- paying for exclusive rights for its own streaming purposes, uh, streaming services, or it may have clause in some publishing content, uh, contracts that prevent some games it publishes from being published on rival subscription services, Probably talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake at this point. That's probably what we're talking about. Fifth Dream says, I thought that's how the industry works. It, 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 that's what I thought, too. But this is apparently a revelation, so we're going to talk about it a little bit. Microsoft is attempting to convince uh, the Cade regulator that it should wave, the company, uh, wave through the company's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, while the Federal Trade Commission is analyzing documents from Microsoft and its acquisition in the U.S., that correspondence is private. In Brazil... Uh, its competition regulator offers up public documents that provide unique insight into the business competition between Microsoft and Sony. So there have been some juicy parts on this uh, that we'll talk about. And I actually think some of this is kind of interesting. It's about Call of Duty and about uh, Activision Blizzard and stuff like that. Um, Microsoft claims that adding Activision uh, Blizzard content to Xbox Game Pass will increase competition. So, quote, the inclusion of Activision Blizzard content in Game Pass does not impair the ability of other players to compete in these digital game distribution market, unquote. It also thinks it'll increase the competition thanks to high-quality content at lower immediate costs. Microsoft also uh, argues that not distributing games like Call of Duty at rival console stores would simply not be profitable for the company. Microsoft has previously made it clear that it will keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, uh, Microsoft says that a strategy of not distributing Activision Blizzard games on rival consoles would only be profitable if the games could attract a high number of, of players over to the Xbox ecosystem, resulting in revenue to compensate for losses from not selling these titles on rival consoles. What they're basically saying is is that you know we, we can't afford to not have Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles, because for a long time, Activision Blizzard had an exclusive advertising agreement with Sony. That's why Call of Duty would always be shown at the Sony pressers at E3. That's why a lot of the DLC would go to PlayStation first. 
uh, and that's because Sony had the, those advertising rights. And Sony's worried that Microsoft owning Call of Duty means they won't get that exclusive advertising, and the number one and number three selling games on on the PlayStation are actually Call of Duty games. And that's what they're worried about. Now, none of the other top 20 games are from Activision Blizzard, but number one and number three are. S. Jeremiah says, yeah, these documents and filings are really interesting. Microsoft arguments are also very creative, such as this one that Bobby is talking about. And there's another one that I actually like that's a lot more, uh, a lot better. Uh, and it's more about Call of Duty. So in the uh, in, in these filings, uh, and I think this was New Zealand was where they filed this one. Sony said this about Call of Duty. They uh, Sony says, quote, Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console and its network of loyal users is so entrenched that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it would not be able to rival it, unquote. And so uh, Sony explained that Activision puts huge resources into the Call of Duty series and no other developer can devote the same level of resources and expertise in game development. It also added that even if any major AAA developer could invest so much in a game, it would not be as massively popular as Call of Duty is, according to the company. Call of Duty is effectively a game category of its own. It's no longer a first-person shooter. It's a Call of Duty game. Uh, They say, quote, it is synonymous with first-person shooter games and essentially defines the category. To say the least, players would be unlikely to switch to alternative games as they would lose that familiarity, those skills, and even the friends they made playing the game, unquote. So uh, ADLV reports that Microsoft has recently tried to justify the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by telling regulators that the deal with the Call of Duty publisher will not negatively impact the market uh, and other platforms because it does not release, and this is Microsoft, Microsoft is saying this about the company they're about to buy, Activision does not release unique or must-have games. That is Microsoft's official position of the company that they want to buy for $68 billion. They do not release unique or must-have games. In a document presented to the New Zealand Business Acquisitions and Authorizations Committee uh, Commerce Commission, Microsoft claimed that no Activision Blizzard game has unique characteristics, so its rivals would do well without Activision Blizzard titles and would be able to compete in the gaming market. The company said, quote, with respect to Activision Blizzard video games, there is nothing unique about the video games developed and published by Activision Blizzard that is a must-have for rival PC and console video game distributors that would give uh, rise to a foreclosure concern, unquote. Um, so uh, Microsoft went on to note that it is com- committed to maintaining access to Activision Blizzard games on PlayStation, as well as to take similar steps to support Nintendo's platform. Microsoft listed significant rivals that will still remain in the market after its merger with Activision Blizzard, such as Sony, Nintendo, Tencent, Valve, EA, Take-Two, and Epic Games. Uh, And I believe they also stated, and I saw somewhere else, that they said that Call of Duty is not unique. Just look at Apex Legends, Battlefield, and PUBG. So, uh, Microsoft saying, yeah, we want to buy Activision, but they don't do anything unique. We just want to buy them. As Jordan Matt says, Microsoft's using the Chewbacca defense. 
And uh, he also says they're trying to bake on the board's ignorance of gaming. And so, uh, and, and other people have tried to make Call of Duty clones. Like, I mean, Medal of Honor was kind of step uh, in lockstep with Call of Duty for a while. Battlefield is, but it's the, probably just the Call of Duty. It's got that cinematic feel in the in the, the the single player when they do a single player campaign. Uh, it really does feel like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie, uh, but then it's really the multiplayer, and it's everybody knows those multiplayer maps. And Battlefield kind of does a different thing, where everybody kind of does their own. You know, it's a squad, more of a squad-based, team-based thing, where Call of Duty is just run and, and shoot everybody. So yeah, so uh, Call of Duty is not unique; it's just number one and number three on the PlayStation charts, and Sony's really worried. We are going to take a very quick music break. If you want to call in, hop into the Green Room Voice Chat channel over at Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord, and uh, maybe we'll talk about something in the gaming industry. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, Arcade 1-Up, they're teasing something that's going to be coming out uh, tomorrow morning, a new cabinet. It's going to be NFL Blitz, but they haven't announced that yet, uh, but it's going to be NFL Blitz. It's very obvious it's NFL Blitz. They're like... What, it, what could this be? Get your game on. And they're like, oh, what's under this cabinet? And they have like a football field behind it. I'm like, it's NFL Blitz. And um, and uh, so you can call in and maybe talk about that or, or anything going else going on in the gaming industry that you want to talk about. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. It's me. Mario. Not really. Obi-Wan Jabroni instead. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwolf Show on Vognetwork.com. Sorry for the terrible impression, by the way, Charles Martinet. I tried. I tried. And you tried harder than Chris Pratt. We think. We're not sure. We haven't heard Chris Pratt's voice yet. But you probably did better than Chris Pratt. If you want to be uh, leave a bumper for using the show, uh, it's pretty easy to be better than Chris Pratt. You don't have to do a funky, funny voice or anything. All you have to do is uh, t- say something and welcome people back to the Bobby Blackwell Show. Send me an audio MP3, just your voice, or a video uh, without music behind it. I will choose which DMCA violation I will put behind it. And uh, send it. So get in touch with me and send it to me. And get in touch with me on Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord, or uh, in a Twitter DM or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm trying to see if uh, if anybody is in the green room, if we're going to take any calls. Nobody's in the green room right now. I did play Overclock Remix from Tekken was the song. It was because uh, after we went off the air last week, uh, Tekken, we think Tekken 8 got announced. We're not sure. Uh, got announced at EVO. Uh, something got announced. Everybody was going, jumping ar- around, going going all wild and everything. And uh, we think it's Tekken 8, but we're not sure. Uh, but uh, people are talking about Tekken. Uh, I think E3VL was saying that uh, Tekken Bloodlines is coming out this Thursday on Netflix. So if you want some TV uh, in the Tekken universe, uh, no one's special. 77 was asking whatever happened to te- uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter. I think it was uh, unofficially canceled or like silently canceled or something like that. Uh, but some of the stuff, some of the characters, uh, wound up in Tekken seven, like Akuma's in Tekken seven and things like that. Um, other people are talking about the, uh, RK one up that might be announced in the morning. Uh, I say it's NFL blitz. Um, it could be 10 yard fight, but I don't think so. I think it's NFL blitz cause they already did NBA jam. So now they can do NFL blitz. And also, uh, apparently, another fighting game, Rumbleverse, came out this week. I played Multiverses, 
uh, I did the 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 open beta, which is it's a free to play game anyway. But I played multiverses, and I was um, I was very very uh, sad. I was very very offended at the very beginning. I'm not, and I wasn't really really offended. I'm making a joke, uh, but. Um, let me tell you. Let me show you. I'm, I'm going to show you. I just pulled this up. The very first thing that you see when you launch multiverses for the first time. Okay, it comes up with a screen, and it says, "How old are you?" Now, multiverses. It's the WB. Uh, is is Smash Brothers with WB characters, so like Bugs Bunny and and Scrab, Scooby, and stuff like that. And it asks you, "How old are you?" And it's got all these little boxes. On the screen, it starts under 10, then it has 10, 11, 12, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, but it goes up to 22, and then the last box is over 22. So apparently, if you are over 22 years old, you are too old for multiverses. And uh, E3VL says everyone under 18 will choose 18 plus force of habit. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no test here. This isn't Leisure Suit Larry. They're not going to ask you questions about Spiro Agnew and stuff. Uh, you, you're going to just just select whatever thing it says here. Uh, Tackle class, what happens if you choose under 10? I didn't want to try that. But <laughs> I was like, even when I joke that I'm 29, I'm still too old for this. So uh, and then I play multiverses, but it's online only, and you can play against bots, but it's online only, and if you, and you have to like play online against other people to to get enough coins to unlock other characters and and stuff. So I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, I I played it; it ran fine on my PC, and I'm like, all right, I'm 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 done. I, I think I'm I think I'm good with my WB Smash Brothers clone. Pop culture says I got my ass handed to me every single time. I, I bet if I played against real people, I would have as well. Tiger Claw says I'm 49. I'm way too old for this. Hey, not you're not too old for it in my heart, but uh, you you are too old for it in multiverses heart. That's that's how I that's that's what I think is happening here. So coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network, is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And they, too, would have to check the over-22 box, every single one of them, checking the over-22 box on uh, on Multiverse. The Sacramento, are you there? Our whole show would have to almost check that over-22 box. Yes. I'm not sure how to feel about that, to be honest. <laughs> you may want to check your mic settings in Discord, by the way. Not this again. I Sorry. know. I don't know why things constantly revert. Exactly. Just another I, thing I have to check every week. How about now? Now is great. Now you sound yeah. amazing. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, so yeah. So the over twenty two box, like everything, like would have to check that that box. I I was just kind of stunned to to see that. I'm like, what's the difference between twenty one and twenty two or over twenty two? I don't know topless mode i don't know and i just I, I really i have no idea i was i was trying to joke in chat is that uh over 22 just you know it, the fact that the mere fact that that exists means we're never getting duck dodgers in the 24th and a half century is uh download content but we have like but 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 they have like Arya stark in there and and like it's it's really it's really kind of an interesting uh mishmash and like lebron mm-hmm. james is in it and I will say, because I heard this, 
I, I heard that uh, somebody posted on Twitter the stage music for uh, for the for the Space Jam stage, and I gotta but, say, huh? But do they have Danica Patrick? They do not have Danica Patrick. Yet. Sonic supremacy. Thank Sonic you very supremacy. Much. That's right. <laughs> but the Space Jam stage music is an epic, epic orchestral, upbeat orchestral rendition of the Space Jam theme, the Shut Up and Jam, Come On and Slam. I mean, at least multi And granted, I haven't played it. I've only, you know, heard about it and watched the Twitch streams and stuff. But at least it knows what it is. Yeah. You know, it just, it seems to know what it is. And, and that's that's fine. There's always going to be room at the table for things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it it was fine, and I mean, I was able to try it for free, because it is free to play, and so I'm like, I tried it, and I'm like, yes, I suck at this just like I suck at Smash Brothers. That was me in Fortnite, how yeah, about that? Exactly. Uh, but but it, it's just, it's it's funny, it's going to be great for the memes, it's just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see if it continues on its development path, because, mm-hmm. like, Smash Brothers is huge. But Smash Brothers has also had, like, a team of designers, and the same designers, refining the smash brothers formula for over 20 years and and smash brothers is also assumably kind of done for a little while at least as far as sakurai is confirmed you know and and the endless memes of never ask me for anything ever again and let sakurai have a day off and all of that stuff i mean but the serious note is there i think the man wants to try something else with his career too i mean granted he has done other things like kid and stuff but you know i i think I can respect that you only want to do one thing for so long. I mean, how many movie directors make an entire trilogy or even beyond that of like the same movie series? Very few. I know there Very are few. some yeah. like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have the same one that does all three. And there, there Peter are Jackson, others, you know, yeah, yeah, I was going to say Peter Jackson's like the big exception to having done what, like eight movies in that yeah. universe. But I think we all recognize those are extremely exceptions, and that's not what usually happens. Like, were, were all the Jurassic Park movies Steven Spielberg? No. Mm-hmm. You know, usually those big types of um, tentpole things get, yeah. get handed down to other folks. That's not to say there'll never be another Smash Brothers game, right. though. And so I'm curious what effect this whole free-to-play right. multiverses might have on that type of environment. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think, the, the, so the direction I was going is that Smash Brothers has had 20 years of design and 20 years of refinement, and multiverses sure. has only been in development for about a year. And so sure. that's why it's a little more rough around the edges. What? How is multiverse going to evolve? What's going to happen as they do refine the gameplay a little bit more? Because Smash Brothers has had the benefit of having 20 years of refinement or however sure. many years it was when Ultimate came out. They've had a lot of time to refine it. And multiverse has just kind of come in and it's been about a year. Mm-hmm. And so is it going to kind of continue and go along that same path and get better? Uh, and, and include more things like how Smash Brothers has evolved over the years as they took more time. Well, and that's that's really about how much does Warner Brothers want to invest in it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like the Nicktoons game kind of came and went, and that's not a knock yeah. on that game. But I also think, you know, we've seen a lot of companies that try to put out the new hot thing, Battle yeah. Royale games. Mm-hmm. Brilliant example. How long was that? There was a recent one that was, I don't even remember the name. It was like a technology, you jumped super high. It was an Ubisoft thing, like hack the planet type of thing. They pulled the plug on that not even six months. So I think a lot of it will have to do with how much does Warner Brothers want to invest in this. Now, in favor of this game, 
I think Warner Brothers has held on to series a little longer. Like, I don't think Mortal Kombat around the time, you know, Annihilation finally came out. What That was the eighth one, right? Before mm-hmm. they did the reboot with Nine. I'm not sure that series was really performing up to expectations, but they kind of, you know, stuck with it and did the reboot. And, you know, Nine and especially Ten were really well received. So, yeah. you know, Warner Brothers... I trust a little more to stick with it yeah. than maybe some other people out there in the space, but um, we'll see. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen like PlayStation All Stars and other other mm-hmm. games have been trying to do this, but but Brawlhalla is another Smash Brothers type game, and Ubisoft actually bought the developer to try to do more with it uh, and stuff. So there there is competition out there in the 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 party fighting game. I guess that's what you call it, like a party fighter. I guess. Because even Sakurai yeah, originally, fighter. yeah, Sakurai even yeah. originally said, "No, Smash Brothers is a party game. It's not a fighting game." Like the melee <laughs> in the melee years. Yeah, uh, Hyperscape was the name of that game I was trying to think of. Thank okay. you, Questbuster. I yeah. saw that in chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Entire Claw uh, asked this question. Um, it's interesting how the fighting games are using character from the IP the company has access to. Uh, do you see another studio having a crack at this genre by making their own fighting game and using their IPs in it? Um, I mean, I can't, well, I can't see Disney doing this. So not a fighting game. No, no. unless I like the Mar- other than like already licensing the Marvel versus whatever. There you go. But, I but, could see like a Marvel, but, but you know, no, that kind of also already exists. Yeah. But, but no goofy is not gonna, gonna, gonna yuck you up or anything like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Donald still will not be healing you. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, and uh, Dark to Sea says Konami probably did one. Uh, the t- Dream Mix TV. They did. World there was Fighter. that one years ago with the the yeah. random truck and Barbie that was in. It was on like the DS or something. It was it was not good. Yeah. Like people just people just remember it for the weird character yeah. roster, but the game itself was not good. Yeah. Sorry. Questbuster says Disney has their Dreamlight Valley game coming later. I will tell you, my wife is so prepared for that. Like mm-hmm. that's we've got a that's a day one purchase for us just for her. For, That's for their that like Animal Crossing esque yeah. type of game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, their Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon type game, yeah. And so she's completely ready for that. She's like day one. Like she heard about that. I didn't even tell her about it, and she found out about it. And she's like, "That's day one. I'm getting that." Speaking of Animal Crossing, I played a new game this week, and I'll talk about it on OLR. And mm-hmm. it is it's being called a different take on Animal Crossing. And it's it's the new It game on Twitch. Like, I'm looking at my list of streamers right now. I see three different people streaming it on my list. So it's the new, like, It game right now. I'm not seeing the Animal Crossing comparisons. I think people are getting that wrong and basing that off a of Kotaku headline. But I'll get into that on OLR I'm, later. I, that's not to say it's a bad game. I'm just right. saying people are letting Kotaku write their own headlines. Yeah. I don't agree with it. Yeah. No. No, Kotaku should be writing headlines about my micro-adventure where I'm a million-dollar gamble and I hack computers in BASIC. <laughs> And and yeah, I I've, legit I, that book sounds awesome. I'm actually yes. sad I never uh, got a chance to um, experience that myself. Although I did have the FX Nine books, the world's power, not all of them, mm-hmm. but a good chunk of the um, Nintendo based games like Simon's Quest, yeah. where and and Blaster Master, where they just straight up invented new characters for the series that became <laughs> canon. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, no, the, I don't even remember this book. And like I said, it wasn't on a bookshelf. It was like literally like. In the bottom of my closet, I learned, I figured out, this is what I assume happened. I got in trouble in fifth grade by my parents because I did not clean my room. 
Bobby Blackwolf got in trouble. And I got in trouble for not cleaning. And so I just took everything and threw it all in the closet and said, I'll deal with it later. And here I am, you know, 30 something years later dealing with it. It's later. It is. Like, I, it was right. I, I am dealing with it. And 100%. I'm laughing with you, not at you, yes. because the exact same thing is true yep. in my dad's garage. So I'm laughing yeah. with you, not at you, to be clear. Yes. Oh, no, I know. Uh, but, like, that's where this book was. This book was just hidden in there. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I, I flipped through it, and I'm like, why was this not a bigger part of my life? Like, I don't know what happened. But I, it was obviously a book fair. I got it at a book fair for a dollar ninety five because it, it actually does have the the price tag still on the front, uh, and and I, I don't know if I ever play with it or not, but uh, maybe we'll have a channel point reward and uh, I get to do a dramatic reading. I love that. So, what are you going to be talking about other than the game that is not Animal Crossing? What else are you going to be talking about on OLR tonight? Uh, why don't we talk about Splatoon 3? We got some more information on that game that's kind of right around the corner of sorts, you know, because we're, we're a little bit in the calm before the storm of the holiday releases. And I would say Splatoon 3, you know, being a September release is going to be one of the first big ones. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about, you know, what we're going to talk about tonight, eight years later, P.T. <laughs> We're going to talk about the PT demo because it's actually celebrating an anniversary. And um, someone on Twitter um, had some things to say about it. Uh, it's very interesting. There's an interesting connection to that, too. So we'll okay. be talking about that. I have um, I, I know this individual, actually. I'll say that much. All right. And um, yeah, plenty, plenty more to come. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next and we're counting down the days to Dragon Con. It's going to be soon. Great. It's going to be great. And hopefully we can tell y'all tell y'all soon what we're going to be doing. We're not going to do it yet. I'm just waiting for the app. The app is my. Yep. yep. When the app comes out, we'll tell you exactly what we're going to be doing, because there's some interesting things Mm -hmm. uh, that that we're going to be doing. I Rob three years ago would have never believed it. So we'll uh, we'll be uh, getting into that next week. Hopefully. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. Uh, so that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly, or you can find us on Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord, or I am on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. I'll probably be posting stuff about the Tilt 5 AR headset that I'm going to be getting on Wednesday. If I, It'll probably be the weekend before I can really do much with it, um, like I said last last week. And I've also alluded to, uh, I have my childhood home that I have to clear out. And so uh, I actually have the next couple weeks, uh, I don't actually go back to work until after Dragon Con. So I'm spending my days at the house, uh, at my old childhood house, which is only 10 miles away. So it's not too far away. Uh, Spending my days there, kind of going through things and, uh, you know, prepping things to be able to have the estate deal with that stuff. So that's why I'm not as active uh, during the week. Uh, here, uh, I am not, uh, you know, on, on, on discord, uh, and stuff It's because I'm dealing with that, but I'm also finding things like this. So maybe I'll have some more treasures to show later. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend, if you hate the show, tell an enemy, I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. Uh, but we would not be able to make all this work without the uh, support of chatters who go above and beyond than just being here. Uh, and we had a hype train earlier tonight. Thank you so much. So uh, let's see. How did this hype train do? 
uh, tonight. Uh, Tiger Claw resubscribed. Thank you so much for the resubscription. Dark Tetsuya also resubscribed. Thank you so much for that. SJO and Matt cheered 500 bits, getting hype for Sunday Night Vogue. Thank you so much for that. Pod Culture gifted a tier one sub. So congrats to Sean322. You got a subscription and can see the VODs here on the channel. Uh, Sean322 then uh, cheered 500 bits with hype. We got some. I, I can do. I can do the GDQ thing. Hoop! I'm gonna do, act like I'm on GDQ again. Orange right cheered 50 bits. Thank you so much. Also saying hype. Uh, and Sean three two two cheered another 100 bits just for Fifth Dream, so he could hear once again. App loving. Thank you so much for all that. How did the hype train do here on the show? Uh, hype train completed level two hype train total of three subscriptions and 1,050 bits. Thank you so much for the support. That helps uh, a lot. It goes, uh, goes a long way. We put it right back into the business for Vo- Voice of Geeks Network. And thank you so much for that. I am going to hit the button and I'll see you all next week uh, so we can get out of here and I won't talk about app loving anymore. Uh, unless that sale actually goes through, and then I'll talk about App Lovin' a lot more. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.